From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Hey, hey, here we go, hour number three. Killer Outdoor number three, Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden and Jonathan in the studio today. Uh, Glenn's out a little sick today under the weather, and Jonathan is uh, over there uh, wolfing down some sort of spinach omelet thing on my hopper. Protein, baby. Dude, how'd, how'd you knock that down in like four bites? Dad. That's scary. Silverback gorilla. You got hot chocolate in there? Is that what I'm smelling? Coffee. Oh, it's coffee. Coffee with French vanilla creamer. Oh, that's why it smells so hot chocolatey. Uh, it's my fluffy coffee, okay? Fluffy. Leave me alone. <laughs> Just like Grandma used to make. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, before the uh, hour, uh, a friend of mine was driving down I-4, and he texted me for something, and he goes, uh, I just saw a passive billboard that said, this, you know, driving 70 miles an hour, all he got was, it's wait, amoeba season. Wait, and, uh, wait, wait. First off, folks, we had Palmetto talk. Now we're going to have amoeba, amoeba talk. Amoeba talk. <laughs> but you know what? I we can make fun of it, but you know it's killed a lot of people, and it's 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 crazy. Yeah, exactly. as it is uh, in the state of Florida. You know it's it's taken lives, and usually the young lives, and and uh, that's sad. And uh, usually it's kids and stuff like that. And uh, if you're new to the state of Florida, yeah, we have alligators, and yeah, there's sharks, and there's stingrays, and then there's the amoeba. Exactly. Um, it's. Um, it's one of those things that really doesn't make the news until something happens to somebody, and uh, then of course all the warnings come out, and they give you all the you know what to do's and what not to do's and all that kind of stuff like that. But literally, there is a an amoeba that lives in the warm waters, and that's why they're saying it's amoeba season because the lakes are all warming up now, and mm-hmm. we have shallow lakes in this town. Um, all over the state, you know, they're not real, real, real deep, unless, of course, you're in some phosphate pit somewhere, and then you probably don't have to worry about it too much. Exactly. But uh, what it is is it's an amoeba that lives down in the mud, lives down in the um, in the uh, bowels of deep, dark, dirty water down on the very base, and while the kids are out there kicking it up or you're out water skiing or wakeboarding or whatever, and you wipe out a few times and you're, you get water up your nose, and the amoeba goes in through your sinuses and basically burrows into your brain, and that's pretty much it. Now these are only in lakes. Yeah, and for and for the most part in freshwater lakes, yes. I think uh, I've read a couple where some people have survived the uh, the attack, but it's very devastating and it takes a very very long time it's not something where you can just get over they're not going to give you a couple antibiotics and you're going to be good and the thing is and the thing is is that the doctor has to know what he's looking at exactly and uh know that oh crud this is an amoeba and we got to do something about it uh trying to say the name of this thing is probably going to be impossible for me so uh let's just go with the uh brain eating amoeba they say that it's actually you know mostly found in lakes in central florida freshwater but it's also found around the world. And I know we had a couple of uh, up in the Carolinas, anywhere where the water gets extremely warm. See, it's yeah. found around the world. This is why we need to close our borders. They're bringing <laughs> this crap in here. Uh, amoebas sneaking across the borders. There we go. Here? Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> the thing is. Build is, the wall, dang it. 
you know what they're saying is you know you're if you're going to be out in the fresh water you need to wear one of those little you know, nose clampy things you know that you pinch on your nose and keep it from going in there i guess if you ingest it uh you know it doesn't stand a chance so it's no big deal but it's when it gets into your sinus cavities that it's a bad 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 well deal. if again it gets in your sinus cavities let's face it, it that is a direct route to your you know your brain cavity yeah. so and you know the bad part is is that the this amoeba can live in water well over 113 degrees fahrenheit so it's not like it's uh water's really really hot so we don't have to worry about it that kind of thing like that but uh, let's just go down the list. These amoebas can be found in warm places around the globe, but in central Florida, in warm lakes, ponds, and rock pits, mud puddles, warm, slow-flowing rivers, especially those with low water levels. I didn't get this part. Untreated swimming pools and spas, untreated well water or untreated municipal water, hot springs or other geothermal water sources, uh, thermally polluted water, such as runoff from power plants, you know, hot water. Yeah. <clears throat> Aquariums. Hello. Uh, soil. <laughs> now, here's one. I, I never heard of it. I don't see too many people sticking their head in a fish aquarium. No. I mean, I'm pro- uh, wanting to. Let me say it like that. But now, here's what gets me. Soil, including indoor dust. What? So, you know, make sure you check, check your filters huh? as well. Yeah. And also... Guess what? One I've never thought of. It says the nose is the pathway to the amoeba, so infection occurs most often from diving, water skiing, or performing water sports in which water is forced into the nose. But infections have occurred in people who dunk their heads into hot springs who have cleaned their nostrils with neti pots filled with untreated tap water. I'm speechless. I I just, you know... (laughs) Here, okay, so basically, here we go again with a. Everybody needs to go and buy a become bubble boy and live in a bubble, and you know, just don't ever go outside or do anything. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, you know, the the thing is, is that this this critter is not normally. It's not really made it wasn't put on this earth to eat your brains it was actually it's a bacteria eating thing but when it gets into humans it actually uses your brain as a food source so yeah um that, it probably looks at your brain as bacteria uh to help ease, and for some people that would be true yeah <laughs> that, <that's> true. <laughs> i'm sorry uh I can't. so and to help knock feel a little bit better about things no it cannot survive in salt water so uh if you're out on the beach and you're out swimming around in there and you get water up your nose don't freak out over the whole amoeba thing but well, and that's like mom and dad with the place over there on Crooked Lake. You know, the one thing I can say with that lake, even when it's 95 or 100 degrees outside, the water is still cold in that lake. So, Right. Well, you know, the darker the water, the warmer the water usually gets in very rapidly. And that's one of the good things about Panasofsky, too, because it's like bath water. Yeah. So it's real clean. It's real clear, you know. Well, uh, you don't and have to worry thing, about it in springs or you know things like that. I'm not saying that they can't be in there. Yeah, but, but the one thing it sounds like to well. me though is is like with Panasofsky, you know, Crooked Lake. I mean, just we can sit here and name them all. They've all got tributaries, and there's water that's moving. I think one of the things here to me that I'm hearing with this deal is the water. The moving water is kind of a a bad thing for Mister Amoeba. Yeah. It's, you know, lakes, ponds, rock pits, things like that, where the water's pretty stationary. You know, stationary. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. move a lot. 
Uh, but to also uh, make Doc feel a little bit better, like I said, it doesn't survive in salt water. But when it comes to salt water, let's not forget what happened last year more than a couple of times. We lost people here in the state of Florida who developed a little scratch, got scratched by a barnacle or a shell or something out in the salt water, and then uh, within 24 hours, they were gone. Yeah, because there was a uh, shoot. What was the big it's thing? It's the bacteria that, that that lives in the water. See, and, and you know what kills me? Vibrio vulvicinus or that, vul, or something. Well, or what kills me with that is my mother is the world's worst of you get a cut on your leg or you do something like that and like we'd be at the beach. Get in the beach. Get in the salt get in the water. water. And I mean, it it, it does. It helps. Oh, well, you know, we, it, That's how we all, growing up here in Pinellas County, uh, when you got cut on... Oyster bars or whatever, keep it in the salt Walk water. Walk it off. Keep it in the salt water and uh, you're uh, going to be fine. And apparently that's not the case. So uh, believe it or not, uh, they've actually even come out with a story about it this year. They've uh, Now the summer's going to be here that uh, you need to be aware of that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> I know we had a death over in Orange County and some other places like that. Uh, just be aware of it. Uh, People usually get it by either getting uh, contaminated cellfish or exposing an open wound to salt water. So if you get cut, do what your mama tells you, man. Get out, rinse it off with uh, some Zephyr Hills water or, or Coca-Cola or whatever you got handy. And when you get home, throw some Bactine or Neosporin or something on. And then if anything happens or you rash or you get a headache or your neck starts to ache or anything like that, you probably want to go get to, to the, the doctor. You probably want to get to the emergency room instead of popping a few ibuprofen and saying, I'll be fine in the morning. Yeah. Because it only takes about 24 hours before that's it. You're done. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Forrest. Stay with us. We'll be back. <laughs> Sing it, big boy. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden and Jonathan in the studio today in the air conditioning. Uh, I wanted to go give a quick little uh, weather report. Apparently, uh, we're going to be nice until this afternoon. Maybe we'll get some few uh, thunderstorms to be popping up and uh, doing all that stuff. It's supposed to come in later this afternoon, and then maybe a little bit tomorrow the same way. I think we're going to soon be in our summer pattern. Well, we're all good in the morning until uh, you see looks, it building uh, up over Tampa Bay. Looks, uh, possibly at uh, 5 p.m. We have a possibly light rain chance. There you go. It's all good. I need to wash all the bugs off my windshield anyway. It's, you know, don't want to waste any water on that. I'll just wait till the good Lord puts a little water on there and I'll turn but, on the windshield wipers. But, but, but for you fine folks over here in St. Petersburg yeah, area, you're going to have a... Low of 67, a high of 85. Ooh, it was a hot one yesterday. Or at least it felt that way anyway. Uh, listen, I wanted to go down. Uh, I wanted to give a quick report. I tried to get Vince to uh, call the show today. He and Captain Jim Pollard were out on the... Uh, Slacker. Uh, out in the... Uh, they fished the uh, tournament last week at the uh, the King of the Beach. And apparently they... I heard got, that was going off like crazy. Apparently they, 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 didn't, they didn't win. Uh yeah, they they didn't win. No no offense. I thought I thought I didn't hear from him for like four days, and I said, well, apparently either won all the money, and you're in uh you're in Costa Rica or somewhere, or over uh vacationing down in the uh, French Riviera. I don't know. He's like, no, we got pretty skunked. I mean, we caught a few, but not not anything that was going to be 
of significance <laughs> what, to a woman. what we caught what the what they probably like who was it said to me before what i caught was what the winner would use for bait yeah <laughs> would be my luck well he said it was pretty rough out there and yeah. it was uh it was tough going and i went dude that's the best time to be out for kingfish is yep. when it's spitting and raining as and rolling and nasty dumb as and- it can be is when you need to be out there yeah but i think they went the wrong route they tried to go live baiting it and trying to do it that way and i'm like dude you got to go the old-fashioned way. You got to put out put out some baits, put out a mid-diver, do all this stuff, and get out there and put a slick, get it going, and uh, just drive your butt. Just troll back and forth, troll back. That's all you can do. That's all anybody can do. Although they said they did hook up with like a 50,000-pound a uh, nurse shark that they pulled up off the bottom. <laughs> nice a big one not really fifty eight thousand, but it was a big one and uh i said well it's too bad there's not a category for that uh, you guys would probably want it and he's like yeah but we had a good time and it was a great turnout lots of great folks and uh some team actually got out there and walked away with about uh a hundred thousand k for a day of fishing now of course and if it's one of the big teams that has the boats with the four motors on it and everything else i probably covered expenses for the week <laughs> get down here <laughs> The hotel, getting the boat down here, <laughs> the bar tab, uh, you know, all the other the stuff. Fuel bill. Fuel bill. Half yeah. of that went to fuel. Sure. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of a catch-22. But, uh, yeah, no guy ever has ever won it in a 12-foot John boat. I can tell you that right now. The, uh, my, the joke that I had with somebody the other day was with those tournaments and stuff like that, or I think I said this to Mike Anderson and Billy Nobles one time, wouldn't you like to be the guy that had like a fuel barge out there, you know, kind of in the travel routes of those guys. Sure. <laughs> Cause you could show, I mean, they get out there and something happens and they need gas. I mean, you could charge them 20 bucks a gallon if you wanted to and they'd pay it in a heartbeat, I'm sure. Yeah, that'll rob you. Yeah, hey, t- well, be a pirate. You know, yeah, well, take, there you go. Take all your gas. But, uh, apparently it was a good time had by all. Yes. And, uh, they had a ton of boats out there and they, they had a blast. And as it is every year. And uh, I said, well, did you get a few of them to take home to eat? And he's like, yeah, we had a couple of nice ones that we, uh, you know, went out there and got some fish dip. up. Yeah. And, uh, and kept them and, and got something. That was a weird. Them. We've, I've caught a few of them before. We went out uh, over off the coast, uh, uh, the other side of the state, as I like to say it, and went out there down by the plants down there in South Florida and trolled. And that was, that was one of the coolest hits I've ever seen. We had a set out, like you said, with about five or six baits, and we had one way back. And I was driving the boat, so, of course, I'm looking back. Where you, you know how it is when you're the driver and you're trolling. You're looking back and mm-hmm. forth and back and forth oh, yeah. to make sure you're not turning lines over top of each other. And about the time I looked back, it looked like a scene out of Shark Week. About a probably a four-footer just nailed the back bait, and I mean launched out of the water and nailed the back bait and i was like and uh one of the guys one of the guys that used to work with us at the shop they did it all the time and i he he said it he goes he says your eyes were literally as big around as saucers when that Mm -hmm. happened and i'm like yeah because it was was cool you know it is cool i've seen that with uh people hook up on a wahoo or something they just come launching out of there like a polaris missile man like like, you said and you just 20 feet in the air it's all all you see is that little bait just skipping across the top of the water and then all of a sudden it's like where the did you come from <laughs> one of the greatest fishing memories i have i was probably about uh 10 or 11 that was my son's age and uh <clears throat> my dad was a big sailor he was a big uh storm sailor he 
he'd go out when everybody else was going in. He would go no. out and uh, had all of his storm rigs and all that stuff, and he'd go out and he'd, he'd storm sail. He'd go out there and scream at the wind like, uh, you know. Lieutenant Dan? Yeah, look, Lieutenant Dan. And uh, have a good time. Well, one time I went out with him, and uh, we brought my uh, Uncle Oscar, another uh, <clears throat> another Cajun from the backwoods who uh, literally, I think his accent was even worse than Troy Landry's. And uh, he, he was de- like Farmer Fran off of the uh, Water Boy. Yeah, he was. He was really bad. <laughs> and uh, he decided he was going to go fish off the back of the boat. And I think he brought two like Zebco 808s, you know, <laughs> crappie rigs or something. He was going to go out there. And here we are in the Gulf of Mexico. We went out of uh, Kima uh, down south near Galveston, Freeport area, mm-hmm. out of Texas. And uh, <clears throat> he rigged up a little uh, like a Rapala or something on there and threw it out the back. So you're sailing and you're not going really, really fast. So you're kind of gliding, gliding along. And I remember I'm sitting in the perfect co- speed for ex- that bait. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting in the cockpit and I'm actually, you know, my dad was a big tiller guy. He didn't like wheels. He wanted a tiller. So he wanted to be able to feel the rudder and, and know what it's doing. And um, so I'm back there and I'm actually steering the boat and dad's doing something. And Uncle Oscar's sitting off to my left and he's sitting there. He's going. <clears throat> So what do you think we're going to catch out here today? I think it's, uh, give me one of them big sailfish. He's joking around. You know, he's like, I'm going to catch me a sailfish or something like that. And about that time, all you hear is, you hear all this line going off the 808. Yeah. You see this huge smoker kingfish come out of the water. Because you ain't stopping jack squat. It comes out of the water, leaping about 15 feet up in the air. And when it hit the water, all you heard was, and that was it. Every bit of line, uh, gone, uh, like like that, gone. I mean, instantly. That fish made one jump and was gone, and it was a, literally a rifle shot, and it pulled about 125 Thanks yards. For the bait, <laughs> it was gone. Jeez, uh, and and uh, he's back there before he could even go. Like, Whoo-ya! it was like done. Yeah. And my dad turns around and goes, "Did you hook up on something, Oscar?" He goes, "Well, I had something, but there's nothing on here now." And he's cranking that little 808, and he's just going. Ding, 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 ding. There's, there's not a, there's not a, there's no line. line. So, uh, <clears throat> I was like, well, rig up the other one, see what we can do. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save this line. This stuff gets expensive. <laughs> well, the sad, sure he's gonna lose it. The, the sad part about it is, is, I mean, even if he would have had time to lock it in and set the hook, I mean, really? I don't know. They're that. turning it down no way. <laughs> They'd have eaten that drag up on that poor little Sebco. It would have just turned it into nothing. Mm. There's no way. Well, but I don't know. No, now if it's one of the old school 808s, I mean, let's face it. It was. It was an old one. Them things were like uh, Warren Winches back in the day because you could lock that drag down, (laughs) muscle some stuff around. He didn't have time to do anything. (laughs) Exactly. It was just literally. That would have been one of those deals. I'd have been like, okay, go ahead to turn that dial all the way to the plus. It was it was it was slam zinc pop yeah. and that was it. It was a done deal. I've never seen a fish or line come off of something so fast in my mm-hmm. entire life. It was amazing to do that. But uh they went out this past weekend and had a good time out there. I'm sure there was a lot of great stories and a lot of great stuff. This is the first one I've missed. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to go. I had to work on Saturday, so I didn't get to go and uh, hang out and See all the stuff that was brought in, but well, uh, I remember that year you set up the broadcast out there, and we went out there, and I mean, just the that was so nice. Just the it was like going to a miniature strawberry festival was what I would compare it to. <laughs> it was just a little different when you got seagulls in the background, you know. 
Yeah, well, but that's what I'm saying, though, is when you get out there and set up, I mean, we were set up right across. They had the big stage, of course, for the concert stuff and everything else, but just vendors, food vendors, clothing vendors, you know, tackle. They had, good God, they had all kinds of, I think Mark and all them guys were out there. They had tackle vendors, as far as the eye could see, boat vendors, and just. And here we were sitting in the Tampa Bay Brewing Company tent and not a beer to drink. uh, Well, it was a little bit early. At 6 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> so, a little, i mean i understand it's five o'clock somewhere but you know yeah well wasn't there <laughs> uh also uh i know we're kind of on a springtime theme right now and i just wanted to remind everybody i thought it was kind of I ironic look at that picture right now i i know but i thought it was kind of ironic that uh the beginning of the week or the end of last week we had a report that the fwc was out there trying to uh, capture some nuisance bears uh you know ones that probably could have been taken care of no, no, in the, no. In the, in the hunt that didn't happen. So over in the Longwood area, they were, uh, you know, they were encouraged everybody to uh, be cautious. There's bears in the area. So, uh, you know, don't leave any food in your car. Don't do anything like that. Make sure you watch your garbage cans and do don't all these kind of things. Don't feed the bears. Well, uh, apparently, it's a uh, female with two uh, young cubs who's out there uh, just destroying the whole neighborhood. And uh, they believe that the adult bear is responsible for attacking two dogs and opening and entering an unoccupied parked vehicle. And the FWC is taking the situation seriously and is using all available resources to trap said bear. And they're asking everybody, hey, look, don't leave out your garbage. Don't leave bowls of food out in the back. Don't leave any bird seed in your bird feeders. Uh, Keep your garage doors closed and announcing your presence when going outdoors. So you have to change everything in your life when you walk out and go, okay, there's any bears out here. Hey, I'm taking a leak in my backyard. Dad's trying to get to the truck. Don't want no trouble here. Just, you know, let me go. And uh, so uh, immediately after this, they also throw out a news release that wanted to remind everybody that springtime is an activity for black bears. Hmm. So if you're going to be out. I didn't think we had that many black bears in the state. Apparently, yeah. I thought there was only like five total. <laughs> After the hunt or before the hunt? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> before the hunt, I think there was eight, but you know uh, what I mean? Now we're down to five? Yeah, exactly. But uh, if you're going to be out there uh, in the woods with the kids uh, doing your thing, riding bicycles, going out, doing whatever, hiking, whatever, just be aware. Yeah. Just, just be aware that yeah. you could be somewhere out where there's bears, and if they have They're cubs, not friendly. If they have cubs, which they do, mama don't play. Yeah. Mama don't play at all. So uh, just be aware of it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Random 4G5 Feed and Outdoors. And uh, we'll go. We'll be back. That's my two cents worth. Oh, so, let's go, big boy. We got 30 minutes. Let's burn it down. Big and wild outdoors. Braden and Jonathan in here. Uh, Glenn's in his bed with his pillows over his head. Yeah, he better be. Just he's, fixing he's to get hiding. fun. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't like it when we get on too many hard topics sometimes, but that's okay. That's, that's what right. he's here for. He's here to be the voice of reason. 
in some cases. He's our calming effect. He's our calming guy, and it's all good. Bill George is literally the gasoline that just he keeps throwing on the fire and <laughs> likes to watch us burn, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah, I know a little bit about gas and fire. And uh, so anyway, this uh, announcement was made this past week that uh, Springfield Armory is cutting its ties with uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, which uh, I thought one of the most relevant things I heard uh, Glenn Beck say this past week was that, uh, you know, can you imagine if every uh, supporter of the Second Amendment or firearm manufacturer did the same thing and called them up and said, you know what, we're going to pull our, we're going to do what, we're going to do what Yeti did to the NRA, and we're going to go ahead and pull all our products thank you, but out no, of your thank store. You. And give you your money back on uh, pre-orders that you've already made. Yeah. Uh, which is the fact that I had a little conversation with a gentleman about Yeti this past week, and he says he thinks that it's going to backfire on the NRA and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, how can you say that when uh, he said, well, you know, they made it clear that they were breaking ties with them and, and some other uh, organizations. And I said, yeah, those organizations have yet to be named. And number two, if you want the telling factor of it is the fact that the NRA, that they came to the NRA and said, we're not going to do business with you anymore. And the NRA said, fine, that's good. We'll take our business somewhere else. Which but happens we, all the time in the outdoor industry. Yeah. But we would like to have our orders that we already prepaid for and everything already done. We'd like those fulfilled. So we'll still give away your product at our events. That we are the things that we've already paid for, and yeah. and yet he said, no, we're going to give you your money back. We don't want any of our products associated with your events at all. Yeah. So that right there tells you that that goes against everything that you've heard that they've apologized for. Exactly. You know that said, no, that's not what it was about. It wasn't about a second amendment bullcrap. What they did is they literally said, we are not going to even fulfill the orders that you've already paid for. We'll give you your money back. We don't want anything to do with you. So Springfield basically did the same thing with Dick Sporting Goods. And, um, you know, Springfield is hard enough to deal with anyway because they do limited runs on certain things. Uh, they do a certain type of 1911 for a while, and those orders are yep. filled, and they move on to these orders, and they fill them. It's kind of like with uh, – um, Well, Browning's kind of the same way. Yeah, and, and Benchmade Knives does the same thing. You know, they do a certain amount, and you have to wait four months or six months for this particular knife to come back around, so they retool and get everything back up for the production of this particular knife, and da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's like anything else. But I thought it was interesting that Springfield uh, came out and said, yeah, you know what? If you're going to go with this and you're going to go with this policy, then you know what? We really don't want to be associated with you. So uh, we're we're we're, we're just going to... And, and well, and it's it, me and you've had these conversations before. We've all had these conversations on air and off air. And with me and you being in the retail game, and we know, I say, I tell people this all the time. You know, you know the inside baseball stuff, and like you said about the contracts, that's like the TV side of it. Why you see somebody come out with, you know, they're sponsored by such and such a product, and Two months later, you know, they're using a competitor or using something else. It's because, like you said, there's already things have already been put in place, contracts have already been made, things have already been done, and they're fulfilling their end of the contract mm-hmm. and they're fulfilling their end of the deal. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, you don't, because it's, you don't burn bridges in this industry because it's not that big of an industry to really truthfully. 
it's really not that big of an industry. And it's something that I've learned over doing this for 10 years is you don't burn a bridge because it's the, you're really good chance. You're going to have to go back across it. Yeah, sure. Sooner or later. And and you know what? I I think that, uh, as I pointed out with the gentleman that I was having the discussion with, I said, if you, uh, look at, if you're on social media, Instagram, anything, I mean, the other coolers have stepped up and, uh, well, like you said, there's blood in the water. Yeah. I mean, Arctic and everybody else has jumped on there and said, look, we're, hey, don't look at us the same way. We're, we're, we're with you guys. We're Second Amendment supporters. And you know what? I guarantee you that there's going to be a lot of those sold out there. And, um, so to say that Yeti will probably, uh, not go away. Yeah. You're, you're probably right. Although there's interesting people that saying that they're in trouble already, and uh, uh, this could be this could be a nail in the coffin that they may not even be in business in five years, or at least not in the way they are today. Yeah. Well, so, and the thing about it, I mean, the biggest thing about it is, is, and I agree with what one of my rep friends said to me. You know, don't go out. I mean, to me, I think it's an overreaction when I see these people filling coolers up with gasoline and tannerite and you know the tumblers up with tannerite and blunt first off i'm not going to do that i've got my you've already spent your money i mean i'm drinking out of one right now and you know it's not well i don't know if this is a yeti or not but i'm drinking out of one of the tumblers right now that i got at a banquet and it's like i tried to tell somebody the other day i've already got four or five uh i've already got four or five or six of those tumblers in my cabinet and you can kiss my backside. I mean, you know, uh, you guys know it's kind of like what Eddie was busting our chops about the Rick Scott conversation earlier. You can bust my chops on that, but I'm not going to go out and spend $40 on a cup. And then because you, excuse my language, piss me off, go outside and blow it up because you didn't have that stance at the time. That's why I bought your product. Yeah. And that's what I try. I'm, I'm like a lot of people, just like you, me, and everybody else has said, and you can look at it, and and I don't get it. I really don't. Over the last three months, I just don't understand where these companies or who's making these decisions because every time, and and I'm not saying it against the NRA because everybody, the NRA is the the figurehead or is the, I guess the big bad wolf that everybody wants to point out. But to me, it's like every time these people take a stance against pro-gun, you know, pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment people, it's blown up in their face. I mean, well, <laughs> you can name company after company that's done this. Well, and because uh, the media and a lot of other people like that don't, don't, they, exactly. they, they feel that uh, everybody thinks like they do, and that's that's not true. And and the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, if you may not have heard this story, I, I'm sure a lot of people did, especially if you're a firearms owner or you are an NRA member. Uh, this just tells you, it's like I, I mentioned and Glenn, I mean, Jonathan brought it up about the the blood in the water. I think that there's a lot of people on the liberal, progressive, democratic side and all that kind of stuff who feel that uh, there's a momentum and that they, they want to do this. And now that other people in banks are saying that they're not going to do business with gun manufacturers or take their money and... Uh, you know, Dick Sporting Goods is saying they're going to not only sell, not just sell ARs, but they're going to destroy the ones that they have and all this stuff that's all snowballing. And then, of course, this past week, uh, actually just a couple of days ago, I think it was even yesterday that the big one kind of hit the news was that the state of New York, uh, said that they were going to ban <clears throat> the NRA's, uh, 
branded firearms insurance program. And that program actually is popular with a lot of the members of the NRA. And what it does is it actually covers the legal fees stemming from any kind of shooting that you may be involved in. Uh, whether it be defensive shooting or uh, you know self protection or whatever it is, you know some states aren't as open to the castle doctrine as we are in the state of Florida. But uh, so a lot of people have those things. But this ban is an abrupt change and calls into question the very concept of gun insurance. And it said uh, several states considered mandating fire insurance as a way to shift the cost of gun violence onto gun owners, but it never took. And that's what I don't understand. You know, they say they want sensible gun ownership and this, that, and other And you go, okay, fine. I'll buy insurance so, so that, that when I have to shoot somebody that comes into my house threatening right. my family and my property. It's covered. Yeah. So there you go. Right there, it's going to be considering a, a insurance, not only that, from theft and everything else that you can do with the NRA. But they don't want to hear that. Once you have a solution, they're like, oh, well, 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 that's, we don't not, like, we, that, that's yeah. not what we meant. We, yeah. we didn't mean it that way. We don't like solutions because then you put us out of a job from being the one sitting up here on our little soapbox telling you everything you need to do to fix the problem. Yeah. Well, it says, but now New York is going in the opposite direction. It found technically in its insurance law that forbids <laughs> coverage of criminal acts. So what they're saying is, is that... Go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're, you're committing a criminal act when you defend yourself with a firearm, is, is basically what no. they're saying. The entire reason for firearm insurance is that the legal self-defense shooting can still end up in criminal court, and it can. Uh, but it covers legal fees and does things like that. I mean, you can still be found guilty, Yeah. Uh, but uh, they just help you out with it, you know, as much as they can. Uh uh, this gentleman here uh, who's an insurance expert at the University of South Carolina says, and I love this, his name is Bob Hartwig, and he said, if you happen to be speeding and you cause injury to another individual, your auto insurance will defend you even if you were speeding. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. If you were speeding... And, Speak. uh, and you, and you got into a wreck, your insurance company will still cover it. Speaking, you know? speaking from a guy who just not too long ago, I had a case where somebody pulled in the shop behind me and I backed up into her truck going two miles an hour. And two years later, three years, or no, four years later, I get served with a subpoena saying that I'm getting sued for her personal injuries and everything else. And my insurance company stepped up. And problem solved. Yeah. Well, this gentleman goes on to say that without this insurance, gun owners acting in self-defense could end up paying thousands of dollars in legal fees. And that's one of the reasons why people have it. You know what? Let's just be honest here. You buy flood insurance. How much of it have you actually used? Exactly. It's all a gamble. It always is. You buy, uh, you know, you buy firearm insurance to cover you. You may never have to fire that gun ever in your entire life in self-defense. And you've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for that protection. But oh, they we'll don't hold it over. But I got some things I got to say about it. <laughs> but New York's looking at it as a criminal act, and yeah. they're reading it that way. So you can't have insurance for it. Yep. All right, we got to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford and G Five Feeding Outdoors. Go by and see them today. They got a big old brand new crop of bear cooties. Oh my god. Hey, Who's texting me? Thank you. 
this time of morning, usually when I get a text, it's probably Bill George. That's precious. He said he's okay. What? That was precious. He said he's okay. Oh, that's good. Was so, it? Yeah, it's Glenn. Oh, good. I'm glad he's feeling better. Uh, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Okay, so do you want me to get into it? You want me to go? Do you want me to go? (laughs) I was like, it says he's feeling better, but the pillows are off. Okay. So we haven't drove him too much crazy. There you go. Uh, We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden and Jonathan in the studio. Glenn, is. you just found out, he's he's still at home. He's not feeling too good. Hopefully he's up and mobile. And usually I I treat, uh, we like to treat people who are not feeling good the same way as my teachers treat my children's uh, other students. If they're not feeling good, it's not like public schools. They go... <clears throat> Barrett's got a little bit of a fever. He's not feeling very good, so uh, keep him home for the next two days. Yes, <laughs> we don't like, want him here. Yeah, we don't want his kind here. We just to go ahead and just keep him home. Let you know when he dries out or whatever. Let's bring then bring him back to school. So we're about the same way. If somebody comes into the studio and they're going, oh man, I really bye. Leave. Get, get out. Go. So when Glenn uh, texted us yesterday, goes, I'm not feeling very good. We're like, stay home. We got it. The stay heavy, home. The heavyweight's got it covered. Chicken soup. Bye. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> we don't want you here. Go away. Uh, during the break, of course, our continuing conversation uh, never stops. Um, less Knox yelling at us because yeah. we went too long on something. Yeah. Uh, we, we continue our conversations in here, and it's very interesting. And uh, Jonathan, of course... Likes to opine and, and continue on when we're talking about certain things. Yeah. So, um, you know, the way it is, I look at it this way. Elections are coming up. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You Same what, thing with these retail situations. You know what fits into your lifestyle. You know what you want to keep. And you know what you, what? Want, you, know what you want with your children. <laughs> That's like so, a one-eyed uh, I can do some politicians. So... <laughs> Raymond's actually a listener to the show and sent me a yeah, yeah exactly a meme. <laughs> yeah exactly a meme that we can't really describe on the uh, <laughs> so anyway let me delete that uh, <laughs> my kids somehow may see that and it would be a bad thing uh, oh. but but uh, one of those things uh, I just you got governors people that are running for governors you got uh, politicians that are making decisions like five day waiting periods um, going over the heads of uh, Tallahassee. Uh, you know they're emboldened, and the way it is is somebody's got to get in there and start pulling the reins back. Well, yeah. and in my way, it like the five day thing, and I'll address that straight up. And there's a lot of those commissioners that I know listen to this show, and I know know my family, and. I'm going to make it very blunt and plain and clear. If somebody asks my opinion, I'm going to tell them that they needed to vote. The ones that voted for that, they need to vote them out because, okay, you want a five-day waiting period. So let's say my oldest niece who's in college right now and is getting harassed and gets a restraining order against a guy who's harassing her or a girl or whatever and, you know, she goes out in her right to buy a firearm to defend herself, but has to wait five days. And that person, you know, or can't take it onto the college campus. Well, and and that and that person, you know, comes and takes the life of my, you know, takes the life of one of our family members. How how am I supposed to feel then? Because they had to wait five days for their right to defend themselves. Well, you. The greatest example of that, of course, was when the Lubies incident happened in Texas, and the young lady 
you know, her parents were murdered right in front of her as a guy walked into a restaurant and started shooting everybody. And yeah. she said, I recall specifically looking over my shoulder and seeing my truck right outside the window. It's 10 feet away, and my gun is in the glove compartment. Yes. And because there's no way... The, back then in the state of Texas, you weren't allowed to carry that in there. And she's like, right there, eight feet away from me. And I could, and, have, I could have at least defended myself and perhaps even have saved well, my and, lives. And we sit there, and I know everybody who's anti, and I've had these conversations over the last two months more than I can stomach, just about. And they're like, well, you guys make it out like everybody's Walker, Texas Ranger, and if they carry a gun, they can. And I'm like... <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's like I want to look at people and say, no, we don't make – I mean, you're totally missing the point here, but it's like you said, every situation – well, my biggest thing is, too, though, every situation you've had since, say, Parkland, what about these three or four other attempts that people have had that they've been stopped by either an armed security guard or a concealed carry person or, or a I mean, guy who was just brave enough to actually do something about it exactly. instead, of, instead of cowering in a corner and going, uh, you know, I'm just going to hide here until things get better. Exactly. And I mean, that's it's, not what Americans are usually about. I've never known uh, none of my, I, I, to me, it's alien because I have friends and I have no friends who would ever see a situation like that and think the best thing to do is to not do anything. Yeah. And uh, repercussions be danged, you know, you're going to do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, it's like the young man who grabbed the barrel of that gun, got burned and and everything else like that. Uh, You know, for him to do what he did. And then, of course, I love it because even though somebody actually did something, the anti-gunners still go in there and go, well, I thought that it takes a good man with a gun to stop a bad man with a gun. Oh, this guy didn't need a gun to do it. And I go, yeah. Because he didn't he, have an option. He didn't have an option. He was going to do what he had to do to save his life. Jeez. Which, you know what? If more people did that, you're right. We wouldn't need to carry our firearms. We wouldn't need to have to do that to protect ourselves. If you were allowed to do that and interact with... You know what? If he'd have done that to a guy who had a knife and he hurt him and he did something, uh, he could possibly be sued for it. There's a guy right that's now. That's the problem. And that's like, well, but like the, the thing you were saying about the insurance thing. That's my other problem that I have with all the situations too. And I'll get that. I'll put that out there for everybody. And you'd be mad at me just like, like the Girl Scout and Boy Scout crap I talked about in the first hour. My problem is, is the other problem we have is when you have a, when you have a government that is giving criminals more rights than they're giving law-abiding citizens, that's my problem, folks. That's the problem with the whole situation. There is a a man who is actually facing charges for going in and interacting. There was a guy at a Starbucks who walked in with a fake gun and a real knife, and the guy walked up behind him and hit him with a chair and attempted to wrestle the knife away from it, and he sustained a knife cut across his neck the good samaritan did yeah and of course now that he's bleeding and he feels the pain of the neck he's thinking i'm fighting for my life here so yeah. he wrestles the knife away from the guy and ends up stabbing the bad guy i think somewhere around 17 times the guy doesn't die he's alive but he's literally yeah but now he's probably gonna try to take everything that the guy owns he's filing a lawsuit against the good samaritan that actually stepped in and uh stopped the robbery yeah, or attempted robbery because he didn't get to complete it. Well, it's like, and the, I saw the kid's mother on the media defending this kid. Yeah, saying, "Well, it was excessive use of force. He didn't have to stab him seventeen times. This and the other thing, and blah blah blah." blah. Well, like and the one with the mother, the criminal, the mother with the the son that broke into the house and got shot five times. 
and he's they're sitting there saying, why did you shoot my son five times? Uh, because he broke into my home where my wife and then the guy, it was a family man where the guy's wife and kids were there. The guy broke in with an intent to rob him and was armed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and who knows what his intent was? Sorry about your luck, dude. If he did, <laughs> you know what? You know what? You say, well, he wasn't there to hurt anybody. And you go, you don't know that. Exactly. Because, because what if you say, I don't have any money here? And they go, yeah, you do. And he gets mad and he thinks you're, you're putting him off or trying to. Puts a gun him. to your kid's head. Exactly. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a sad thing. And, you know, uh, as you pointed out as a retailer, we have to consider those things as well. If you're a gun shop or you're a, uh, outdoor thing, but there's, uh, you know, there's cash registers and people and other employees and all that stuff. It's not an easy thing to have to, to go through. Well, people don't realize for me, when people, customers walk into my shop, they're just like my employees. They're part of, I'm, it's my job to protect them. I mean, I guess it's a way for me to say it. So. Is that, wait, whoa, are you sure about that? Because, uh, you know, according to uh, some companies, they're telling you, no, you know, don't bring your gun in here. Don't do anything like that. Yeah, Arrowhead Archery is very uh, Second Amendment and uh, concealed carry. And uh, we I'm, really, truthfully, I don't care if you open carry. <laughs> yeah, okay, that'd be nice. It'd be even better. That way you know exactly what you're dealing oh, with. My dad's holding his chest, clutching his chest right now, but that's okay. That's a pretty nice 1911 you got there, buddy. Nice, uh-huh. nice. Yeah, like and, that, and that conversation has been had at my shop more often than you know. You know, the only time we ever uh, say anything for most people, if you see somebody and uh, they're flagging a little bit, you just kind of walk over and go, hey, you know. You know, mm, you're flagging mean, a little bit there, buddy. And like, oh, dude, clo- close the barn door. Yeah. Well, then they look at their zipper. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't, you don't want to use that one. Hey, man, cows are getting out of the barn. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, oh, thanks. Appreciate it. My bad. It. Uh, but hey, listen, it's a Saturday. It's going to be a beautiful day. Thunderstorms, uh, rain may happen a little bit this afternoon, but for the most part, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful Saturday and a great Sunday. And uh, whatever it is you're going to do, go out and take your kids and go do it. Uh, whether it be out on the water, be in the woods, go hang out at the beach, do whatever. I know we've talked a little bit of hard stuff today here on the show, but all in all, we, you know, as, go uh, enjoy the great state of Florida. As my in-laws like to say, every day we live in paradise. So, uh, you know, go out and enjoy it. Uh, and don't forget coming up on June 16th, we can't emphasize this enough. We want you and we want your kids out at our Panfish Challenge. We want you to come out and have a great and wonderful time. We can guarantee you that uh, the conversations that we had today here in the studio will not be happening out there today yeah. on that weekend. Oh, they probably will be, but in a more yeah, relaxed setting. You know, we'll go do that all under a shade tree or something somewhere. Exactly. But, but boys and girls, come bring hang them out all. by the grill. Yeah. <laughs> Boys and girls, moms and dads, grandma and grandpas, aunts and uncles, I mean, uh, bring the whole family. If you got a youth church group, man, bring them out. Go, you know, bring them out, bring the kids out, and go fishing. Uh, just turn them loose. Let them get out there, run around, barefooted, get a few fire ant bites, and have a great, great, wonderful day. Thank you for everybody who called see in. You. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Hopefully, everybody will be here all at one time. See you guys. Have a great weekend. <laughs>